0: Welcome to the Fantasy Affair.
1: Yes, yes, we are in. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, my fantasy affarians. I am your host, Brian Manganero. As always, coming to you with the Fantasy Affairs Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I am joined with the killer bees, Brad and Berkey. Uh, this week, they're the bunny and the bear. One of a really cool one of the bands that I listen to every now and then. That's Anna out there. So, Brad, you're gonna be the bunny today. But Burke, how are you doing? You're the bear today. What's
2: going on? I like being the bear. I'm cool with the bear. You know, fun is what you said, right? The bear. You're the bear. All right. Fun, fun story. High school, right? You know, having a little extracurricular. uh, Maybe your extracurricular was drinking OJ and reading the Bible. Mine was not. And I got the nickname (laughs) Little Bear. And I was like, what the hell is that? And they said, dude, you're smaller than everybody. And right before I chimed in, they were like, but you don't know it. And they were like, and have you ever tried to see a bear climb a tree? That's what I think. Anytime you attack anything in your life, you're like a bear climbing a tree. You're like, he's doing it, I guess. But what the hell is going on over there? So you know what? I think, I think that fits the mold. So uh, I'm go. doing great. I'm having a hell of a time. Uh, folks are in town. Life is great. Kids are awesome. Bourbon is cold. Let's do this.
1: Well, bring it right to the bourbon guy himself with another bee and the bunny today. What's up there, Brad Stick.
0: Yeah, dude, I don't have a cool story to talk about being a bunny or having a nickname <laughs> bunny. So I, I guess I'm proud of that. I'm not really sure how to feel about it. But instead of cold tonight, I'm I'm drinking hot. I've got some uh, coffee with some uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon cream in it tonight. Mm. So Ooh. so spicing it up just a little bit. It's a little chilly here. It was about eighteen degrees uh, for a little while, uh, and then warmed up. Oh. So. Uh, but, yeah, enjoying a nice hot cup of coffee right now.
1: I'm sure Brian's hey, no.
2: freezing over there, right? It's
1: frigid. Uh, yeah, I think it's 74, but it's been It's a, been, no, it's been it's a frigid 74.
0: The, <laughs> the islands are raining it's, all
1: day. Uh,
0: the wind I'm chill sure how- is 70.
1: <laughs> yeah, the windchill is 70, so it's it goes right rain through you. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs>
0: oh
1: man, um, no, it's it's been a great day, uh, you know, we've been able to kind of rummage through the island and head up to where we're about to move uh, permanently to, uh, and even though it was raining up there, still just as beautiful, but yeah, the windchill at 70 makes it just a touch, you know, a little nippy, so you gotta be careful <laughs> in that. Um, so welcome in everybody, our Fantasy Affarians, uh, we are back with you. We've got some news right away to talk about. Dak Prescott gets his new deal: four years, one hundred and sixty million dollars. Um, reportedly, one hundred and twenty-six of that is guaranteed. Um, two key details in this: there's a no-trade clause, uh, no-trade clause, and a no-tag provision. Uh, Prescott's deal averages forty-two million a year over the first three seasons, with seventy-five million in the first and sixty-six million dollars signing bonus. How happy is everybody? Are, are, is everyone set for Dak? Are we all like, giving a nice little round of applause now? Brad, what's going on? How are your feelings with Dak?
0: Yeah, dude, I'm loving it. So I, I bought Dak on the dip, which we'll talk about a little bit later. After Right after his ankle injury in week five, uh, I had a couple leagues where I had uh, some assets that I could move, and I went and got him, uh, and I was praying that they were going to resign him and we weren't messing with this franchise tag. And he's, you know, fighting with them over his contract. And so one hurdle done uh, next hurdle is that ankle and that he comes back strong uh, and plays like he was in those first four weeks before he went down in week five. So, uh, you know, to me, it's wheels up for CD lamb. It's wheels up for Amari Cooper uh, you know, Zeke back to his form, I would expect. So, so I'm ready to. I'm ready to. Rock.
1: Michael Gallup in there. So, I'll just mention wheels up for Michael Gallup, too. The, and, you know, we're talking buying and dips. And I don't think actually Michael Gallup has been able to hit a dip yet, but we'll talk later on that. Berkey, uh, how are you feeling, Cowboys, right now? How are you feeling, weapons? How are you feeling, Dak Prescott? I feel
2: good. Dak Prescott got four years, right? Correct. And so it kind of yes. breaks my balls because he wanted five years so bad. So, he had to give a little <laughs> I don't like that. I think they should have just paid him too much money, but I'm a big fan of the player over the organization and I never liked the Cowboys. So, uh, but as far as his weapons, dude, love it. Ceedee land, Amari Cooper, the, the faith in Amari Cooper just went through the roof. Cause that's what you're banking on is him having his quarterback for the length of his contract. Was it, we got two years for sure. And then two years. Yeah. That. Uh, but that's two to three year window. So I, I'm in love with it. And you just got to think with Kellen Moore, I think is our offensive coordinator coming back. Yeah, dude. Get the band back together. Let's see. I want to see some more fireworks like we saw weeks one through four. Like he said, the ankle's scary, uh, but I believe in Dak as a human being. I believe in him as a football player, and I'm just so, so happy for him. I'm so happy for him.
1: I couldn't agree more with the, you know, Dak as a human being. Um, you know, he's just done this the right way. He's worked his way through and and suffered a, an extremely unfortunate injury and just taking all the right steps and and being there for the team still throughout the entire season and just being the right guy. uh, I think he definitely has gotten what he's deserved. And and I'm looking forward to to a big season coming from Dak this year Uh, and the Cowboys actually making a big step up. So I'm a big fan of all the weapons in Dallas, just hopping on uh, the train forward and bringing Zeke back to his excellence and CeeDee Lamb to that projected spot where he was previous to Dak's injury. Uh, and then, you know, he got a little clouded when he was playing with backups. But uh, to move on with a little bit more of our free agency news, uh, Zach, er- uh, Zach Ertz trade rumors pretty much imminent uh, in the next few days coming. Um, we are looking at a few different options for Zach Ertz. But, uh, Burke, where do you think would be a nice spot for Ertz to, to come up landing for a quick little one-year run?
2: Only one spot for me. It's the Indian- Indianapolis Colts. It's the only spot. I think it's going to happen, and I'm pumped about it, and I think they're going to try and recoup some of the assets that they lost, and they'll be able to say, hey, man, we gave you just a stud for a future second or first and and a third here, and I think they'll just be able to add a second and a third or a third and a fourth or a fifth and a sixth or just a seventh. I mean, we just saw another stud who I'm sure we'll get into here in a second, another first rounder go for tiddlywink, uh, but I want him in Indy, bad. Uh, We know Frank Wright likes to use the tight ends. If you combine the three tight ends last year, you got a hell of one. Unfortunately, it was split between three different people. So uh, that's where I want him. I want him back. I believe in Zach Ertz. Last year was
1: rough. Uh, But, yeah, I want him in Indy back. Absolutely. Uh, You know, Brad, you got to be a little bit excited about Zach Ertz and a little rejuvenation season almost.
0: Yeah, you know, I, he's one of those players that, you know, we talked about selling on a dip. He's he's a guy you're holding to see what that future looks like so that you're not selling too cheap, right? So I'm looking at, you know, obviously Indianapolis would be a great uh, landing spot for him to go back to a quarterback that he's already got some rapport with. Uh, but an, another landing spot I really think I would like would be the the L.A. Chargers, right, with Justin Herbert and the potential losing Hunter Henry. I think that's a really good spot to give Justin Herbert a, a security blanket outside of just a Keenan Allen, uh, you know, 16, 17 targets a game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear the news that within the next couple of days, we'll kind of know what that looks like. And and then we can evaluate the market and see what happens and and what we would suggest people to do with Ertz.
1: For sure. And Zachary is one of those grinders. He's a, he's an off season worker. He is an athlete to the core. So he's definitely going to be, you know, working on his body and making sure he can come out and play the very best he can. So I'm excited for a guy like that. You know, he's not one of those guys I expect to just hit a cliff and, and, and fall off completely and be lost amongst the, the fury that is the tight end position after the top four, which, you know, is still a mess. Top. but um we've got another uh, little quarterback news here tom brady and the bucks are kind of reworking the deal uh to get him there for maybe another 3 years uh does this make him an actual buy for you perky philson
2: already a buy best buy in dynasty best pick in redraft he's my guy can't wait i see 40 45 touchdowns coming again uh, he's in that system that feeds him. He's with a coach that believes with him. Let me just talk about the deal, though, because when they, when they sign him for an extension, what they're really doing is spreading out his salary so that they don't have to pay him all up front, uh, kind of like uh, Drew Brees and uh, Big Ben. We've seen it over and over and over again where now they can re-sign Godwin and they can re-sign hey, Antonio Brown. And We got some rumors of maybe OBJ in the mix, which is gross, but, hey, it opens up money, and it's a classic Tom Brady move. Look, he took exactly. his salary like every season and now he's like look, 15 years ago he's been doing this for doing this yes since i was born
1: until probably 2050
2: so he's (laughs) like at this point i don't want to give up money so if you could just stretch it out and we all win i'll win you another title and uh i think it's a great
1: move as far as a buy though yeah he's he's definitely a buy agreed brad how do you feel about uh tom brady playing football for another four years five years
0: pains me now and not because I don't want to watch the greatest of all time play more football right it's more um, I've seen people give up a first round pick for Tom Brady and it's it just crushes me on the inside like how how can you give a first round pick for a 42 going on 43 year old quarterback Uh, it just blows my mind but if he's in a deal where he's going to be locked into playing two, three, four more years, I mean, it, you can't deny the production that he gave last year uh, with that receiving core. And if they rework the deal and work that salary cap like some teams are really good at doing, uh, to, to Berkey's point, and they're able to bring back, bring back uh, Chris Godwin or sign another big-time wide receiver, it's, it's wheels up uh, for that offense all over again.
1: Right. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's just one of those things. It's the Brady effect, as Berkey said, it, it, you know, it it causes that team mentality of, all right, I'll take a little bit less. I'm going to get a ring. I'm going to work with the best there ever was to play this game. And, and, you know, and, and the opportunity, especially to work with a coach like Arians who they've, they found it, they found it in one season. So, man, as a Jets fan, I just, you know, I'm just glad he's not still playing under the Patriots emblem. That's it. I'm just, I'm just happy about that. But, um, you know, Berkey, you had actually alluded to this a little bit earlier. Um, Isaiah Wilson, a first round pick for the Tennessee Titans last year has been traded to the Miami dolphins. They swapped seventh round picks. Now he's a left tackle, um, a little bit behind Isaiah Wilson. He was selected 29th overall, um, and he has been under a few different run-ins with the law. Uh, He has only played four snaps last year uh, and then found himself on the COVID reserve list uh, twice uh, during training camp and in October. So uh, this is pretty much a a full on uh, character issue for Tennessee. And they just have found a way out uh, to swap seventh round picks. So he's going to the dolphins dolphins have now an opportunity to change uh, because of their locker room culture uh, change a player with attitude issues that needs to be coached up and, and needs a family, a good family around him. This could potentially be huge for an offensive line uh, and a first round pick. Uh, Berkey, how do you feel about a little bit of possible extra protection for Tua?
2: I didn't think I could gain any more respect for Brian Flores. And I, I just did. Okay. six six three 350 plus first round draft capital left tackle. This man Holy crap, they're not born every day. You can't sign them off the streets, okay? Jeez, and he gave up nothing. He gave up his seventh rounder this year, and they got Mm -hmm. one next year from a worse team. It's it's, it's like he moved up in the seventh and added a first-round pick from last season. Uh, It's very interesting to me because I thought they were going to go – I'm a little against the grain. I think they were going to go left tackle at the three spot. I thought they were going Penny so well, and they, they might still, they could put this guy at guard or right tackle and just totally be like, it's a free shot at greatness, but you got to love it for Tua, especially being a lefty. Now they can switch somebody to the right tackle, actually protect his blind side. This guy just tries to pick up uh, somebody put a body on him. He's huge. He's athletic out of the university of Georgia hot damn what a what a move this is the move that a jets and lions fans are like what the hell man just get in there yeah. yeah, what are we doing
1: what are we doing you know always missing out always a step too late but um you know i completely agree uh, brian Flores just a, a stand-up job on because he's a locker room guy he's a culture guy that's that's what he comes from so if he can take guy problematic guys and turn them into producers like Bill Belichick has done like the Patriots enabled to do and you know we can't credit it all to Bill Belichick but maybe Brian Flores was very good and maybe he you know excelled at bringing in these um you know attitude problem guys and and uh, and issue guys and able to change their culture and change their uh, ways so definitely excited for the Dolphins on that uh, front moving forward but Brad do you have anything about Tua uh, and about this move at all because Penny Sewell actually seems to be like a lock for the Bengals coming in in the fifth pick
0: yeah no I think it it opens up that three pick to really uh, potentially trade down and gain some value out of it you know like Berkey was talking about they're they were definitely they had to be looking at a tackle. Uh, at that spot, so now it, it gives them some questions on okay, what are we going to do with the three? Do we want to try to trade down? Do we want to go somewhere on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, you know, their options are are a lot broader than what they were going into it. So so I like he said, I I love the call by Brian Flores and and the upper uh, echelon executives in that organization. I think it was a great great call, and I mean it's a twenty twenty two seventh or 20 this year seventh round pick and they got a seventh round pick on top of him for next year so so it, it i mean it's just i don't even think it was Love peanuts it. i think it was free <laughs> it's, it it's pretty like, much you was know? free yeah, yeah. yeah. like so. he
1: said it's from a, it's from a worse team so it's a better pick <laughs> yeah. yeah that's uh, that's such a great move but um you know moving on uh, i wanted to just mention uh one thing here that we had uh listed on uh franchise tag deadline could potentially shift um, if the salary cap doesn't get approved by today um, and just kind of reading a little bit about that that it's for now um, it's set up for 4 p.m tomorrow uh, 4 p.m eastern on tuesday actually when you'll be listening to this it will be coming out um, on the day so it's um, 13 days in the tag period uh, and they have st- they still have a lot of things to work on so it could potentially shift and gain five million dollars for the ceiling so we're still figuring that out in its fluid situation. And that's why we haven't really seen many, you know, signings or anything like this happen, just very, very few. Um, so don't, don't get too bummed out that things aren't happening. You know, there's still time for all of this to happen because technically free agency hasn't even started yet. So um, I wanted to bring this up to both of you. I'm just re realizing that we've got 17 games this year, not 16 what are we doing anything with our fantasy schedules or, or are you expecting anything from our fantasy schedules?
2: Well, you got to move the title out one week. I think you got to, I think you can't end in week 16. If they're playing in week 18, I think you got to end in week 17. Uh, that's going to kill a lot. Of, that's that's going to create a lot of tiebreaker action. And that's going to mm-hmm. be something to look at because your mm-hmm. your overall record, there's going to be just a ton of people every, every week, fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth plays are all going to be roughly the same, the same, um, Finishing standing. So it's going to come down to most points. And it's also going to highlight a lot of handcuffs at the running back position, like a ton. <laughs> I traded Tony Pollard twice this offseason. I'm pumped about it. And every time I think of yeah. it, I'm like, hot oh, damn, that's why I bought him. And I remember a year too early. So um yeah. So that that's all I'm seeing is I really want handcuffs for other people's running backs. And I think I I just got to go ahead and as a commissioner I got to go ahead and push it out an extra week and be like look guys this is what we're doing we're getting an extra week of football I don't really want to put it up to a vote I don't want people and you got to do it early if you do and we've all kind of already broke you know our our leagues have already kind of dispersed for a minute I'm not waiting for you to come back and Mm -hmm. hear everybody's expert opinions I think you just got to go an extra week
1: and you know I I take that I take that definitely largely from Berkey because I know how many leads you commissioned and how much commission work you do. So, uh, Brad, how do you feel about, uh, about championship being pushed to week 17?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be slightly contrarian and really only for this year. I want to see how teams are going to react to that extra week first, right? Cause what I don't want to do is put somebody in a championship game in week 16, when teams are still sitting their their big time players in week 16. Um, so that worries me a little bit, um, Uh, on how teams are going to respond to to the extra week Um, and uh, so I I think I'm going to sit in uh, and obviously I'll talk to some league members as well uh, in a couple leagues but I I think we're going to be looking to see how people respond first uh, before inevitably changing it to a a 16-week season instead of a 15-week season
2: yeah Brad's in three of the leagues that I commission. Hey, this just an exhaust season. so I can I was hear I'm the was kickback. Gonna affect I'm going to get a literal <laughs> phone call. Hey, man, how you doing? You get that bottle of bourbon I sent you? Yeah, I'm just trying to let you know that this is what yeah. I
1: think. Yeah. Um,
2: but so let me just give just a just a quick point because I've been thinking about this a lot, which is annoying as a commissioner because all I want to think about is is my kids in the summer and you know get back to work, and crap like that. Uh, but you got to be ahead of the curve, or at least try to be. Um, I'm a big fan of two-week finals, not one week. You finally made it to the finals. I think this is a great opportunity to incorporate that, to have week 14 be the first week, week 15 be the semis, and week 16 and 17 combined be the final, and try and create like a true I like lineup. that. Uh, it's I still like in the that. Midst, So, Brad, don't hit my chat leagues up. Don't hit the chat board up. <laughs> Let everybody know. I that see you everybody. text already. I saw what you uh, doing With the already. phone down,
1: leagues. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But it's going to be fun. Regardless, we get extra football, and I'm all about
1: that. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, that's going to lead us right into uh, a little bit of Marriage and Mistress, a little bit of uh, discussing some free agents. We've been talking about wide receivers for the past few weeks with some awesome articles on the website, uh, www.ffaffair.com. We were talking with uh, Quinn last week about Kenny G and – um, Alan Robinson. And you know, this week we're shifting our gears to running backs, of course, uh, the excitement, the pop, the sizzle to the steak. Uh, and first up, you know, I was excited to actually get a chance to write about this, and it's Chris Carson versus Kenyon Drake. Um, these were two guys that I've owned in a lot of places. But uh, more importantly, that I hyped the hell out of last year. Kenyon Drake was one of, uh, one of my beloveds. you guys all know that from a rivalry he was born from pretty much everywhere from pods, from our redraft leagues and our staff league. Um, and uh, so I, got, I took a little dive into both Chris Carson and Kenyon and Drake, um, and I was able to, come up with some with some ideas for landing spots and without I, I want you guys to check out the article for sure because there's a lot of stats um, that are given and and a lot of uh, narrative to the stats it's not just analytics like Brad likes to shove at you uh, <laughs> just kidding Brad it's a little bit more than just that um, it's, it's about gameplay it's about skiing it's with coaches because both of these guys have been in the league for multiple years and we have evidence from them but You know, just to kind of briefly touch Chris Carson is going to be my marriage guy here. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the way he plays football. He's a brawler. He runs downhill. Um, He's got great pass catching chops uh, and he's a red zone guy. He, he scores touchdowns when he gets the opportunity, Um, you know, he finished last year as running back 16 in PPR leagues. And uh, that was obviously with missing, missing a few games uh, due to injury. But I'm a I'm a big 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 fan of Chris Carson, who ranks among the t- amongst the top of your your biggest guys. One of my favorite stats that I found through doing uh, this article was that he has uh, since he's come into the league the second most games with 100 plus yard rushing, uh, 100 plus yard rushings, um, and he's only behind Zeke Elliott, uh, for 12. He has 12 along with Todd Gurley, who has 12, Saquon Barkley, who has 11, and Nick Chubb, who has 11. Um, the guy has big games. He only, the only reason he goes out of a game is if he cannot perform. If something's hurting him, he's not sitting down. He is an effort guy. So, um, Chris Carson, a couple of spots that I was looking for him, um, were just uh you know i was looking through his contract in seattle i'm really hoping he can end up with in seattle with uh pete carroll again because we've obviously seen uh the the commitment to the run with Schottenheimer and with pete carroll so uh these guys are his kind of running style and he's already set his tone he's beat out rashad penny uh, a former first round pick uh he's he's held up against Guys like, uh, you know, DJ Dallas, who I love, who's a great ancillary option. But if Chris Carson could stay, they believe in him. They know what he can do. Um, and and it avoids him going to a place like Buffalo, where I've heard a lot of you guys on Twitter talking about um, Chris Carson in Buffalo. Josh Allen scares the shit out of me because this is another huge fact that I found. Uh, Josh Allen will take away 100-plus touches from – I uh, will take a hundred touches away from 49 of those coming inside of the 20 yard line. So 50 attempts inside the, inside the 20 are going to Josh Allen. I do not want to see Chris Carson go there because that takes away a ton of his fantasy value uh, coming up in the red zone. And now I definitely want to know what both of you have to say about Carson because I'm kind of putting a little bit of a stamp on him. So Brad, why don't you hit me with a little Carson effect?
0: Yeah, I've always thought that Chris Carson's been kind of undervalued in in Dynasty in general, uh, but I, outside of Seattle, the only other landing spot that I actually think he would really be successful in, I just don't know that it could actually come to fruition, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that style of offense would work really well for Chris Carson's skill set. There's still a team that's in a window that can that, that's looking for a championship. Uh, they're still built for one, and I think they, they're looking for a running back, right? James Conner's gone. Uh, I think they should understand that Benny Snell, and this is coming from a Kentucky Wildcat fan, Benny Snell's not the answer, uh, neither, and Jalen Samuel uh, either. So I, I think they're going to be looking at either addressing that position in the draft or addressing that position via free agency, and I think that'd be a really good landing spot for him. Uh, but f- f- for me, I'm a Drake guy. I really, I really like the skill set. Uh, you know, he was RB 16 in PPR leagues this year, and that was with 25 receptions. That is half or less of the receptions that he's gotten the last two years. Uh, so if he goes to an offense that's going to give him on average what he was getting the prior two years, he could be the RB as high as the RB 8. I'm not saying that Kenyon Drake's going to be an RB1 next year. Don't, don't take that as, as what I'm talking about, but the upside for him, if he goes to the right spot, that's going to give him the receiving work that he's actually really good at and some rushing work. I really think he could be productive uh, and, and fairly cheap.
2: Yeah. Let me talk about both of them. Chris Carson. Holy crap. Uh, like no draft capital. If he doesn't go to Seattle, I don't think we ever know his name, but the man, Man's proven that he can carry a workload when healthy. That's, that's a weird thing to say. Never finished a full slate 15 games two years ago, 14 the year before last year. He just wanted to play so hard to, to knock that injury tag off him, uh, get paid. And he was able to finish 12 games, uh, 250 carries for 11, 1200 yards is totally within. I think that's reasonable. I think that's what he's going to get. If he goes somewhere to be the workhorse, I think he's gonna have a short deal. I think he's more willing to take less money, um, because of that, but I also think he's got more wear and tear on the on the tires and he gets less receptions. I mean, 37 the last two years, including 12 games last year, he really blew up last year. He was impressive mm-hmm. as hell in that offense. Um, flip it over to Kenyon Drake, uh, 57 receptions. Is that right? No, 53 and then 50 in 2018, 2019. Last year is the first time he got north of 220, at 239 rushing attempts, didn't break a 1,000 yards, uh, played 15 games in a high-powered offense, kind of got – you know, a little bit taken away at the goal line. But when I watched the games, they gave him his shot. They wanted him to be able to break it in. What's weird is he didn't have the receiving upside. So breaking down these two, Chris Carson from an NFL aspect, that's who I want. You're inside the five, you give him the ball. I actually expect him to muscle his way in, right? Third and short, I expect him to get it done. Uh, But from a fantasy aspect, and this is probably closer than it needs to be, but I'm Kenyon Drake uh, for sure. And I'm okay with being wrong because the rest, I think he can be a complimentary piece and still have a ton of value and be somewhere in that RB 15 to 20 or that RB 10 to 17, wherever you want to put that weird range in. Um, just because he's got he's got great speed, he's got great hands, he's got a pretty good route tree, and he's going to fit a lot more teams. When I've tried to find somewhere for Chris Carson to go, they're teams that I think are going to address it through the draft. So it's tough because they got to pay him before the draft. And I'm like, ah, it's gonna be so, yeah. say so they pay him there's not much somebody.
1: space, right?
2: You're right. right. So, like, and so my ideal spot is like New England, and I'm like, I don't want that. Uh, you flip <laughs> it over to Kenyan Drake or Kenyon Drake, or however you want to say it. Mr. Drake, the lizard man, the original lizard king, um, KD, <laughs> KD. Uh, <laughs> he just he fits a lot of different teams, and I think he can be the two and still be crazy effective. I think he can be the one and help a young buck come up. Um, he's going to want to get paid, and that's why he's tough, and that's why this is so close, because if he would just take a price cut and stay with the Cardinals, fucking yes, yes, but he won't, and they won't pay him, so where does he go? And both these guys are at the end of their career, so it's a weird sticky spot. So if I have either, I don't think I'm swapping them straight up because I'm a stubborn old man, but if I'm going to start up, I'm not taking Chris Carson, period, and I am taking Kenyon Drake, so that's where I stand.
0: Got it.
1: Got it, uh, Brad. I see you got a couple of, a couple of quick fires lined up here for us.
0: Yeah, we'll just do quick fire. Yes, or you know, pick us out of the trade. Uh, so, and we're, we're just so,
1: just to lay it out, just to lay it out. We're super flex uh, tight end premium.
0: Correct. Super flex tight end premium. Twelve man teams. All right. Perfect. So, Aaron Jones or Kenyon Drake and Baker Mayfield. Drake and Mayfield.
2: Hey, I'm going to take the quarterback in this one too. Drake and Mayfield.
0: Okay uh Kenyon drake or david johnson and jalen rager
2: I i'm gonna win some, now go ahead go ahead i'm gonna take david johnson and jalen rager i don't like either one of these players they're disgusting uh, but David Johnson's all alone. They don't have a chance to do anything else. They don't really have options. I could see him. I mean, he killed me last year with 11 catches. So five, six catches for five or six yards, still some points. Hell, he falls in the ends on him. Cool with it. Jalen Rager's got the upside and he's sellable. So I'm going to take the other side too. I'm going to take the two for one for Drake. Uh, just about any names you could put that are reasonable.
1: I'm going to take the Drake side on this one because I'm, I'm thinking Drake is going to outproduce both Johnson and Rager this year.
0: That is fair. Okay. So, so they're, three different trades i saw here so i'm going to give you a range would you take Kenyon drake or would you rather have the 111 a pick between 111 and 203
2: the pick pick
0: okay yeah. all right we'll move to chris carson now chris carson or a 22 second and the 405
2: now that's just a 22 second Anybody that that thinks they're going to hit the four or five? <laughs> Rich <Brit> Sanders. <laughs> yeah. <correct. laughs> I'm
1: just
0: kidding. Yeah. I
2: love the fourth round. I love it. I do. I le- legitimately love dumpster diving. Oh, I also know what I'm doing and that that mattress probably has bed bugs. So I'm going to keep Carson here <laughs> over a future second. Now, there's always a Carson, situation where you're like, that team's terrible and he's not going to help them and you're tempted. I'm going to keep Carson.
0: Carson. All right. Chris Carson or Kareem Hunt?
2: Hunt. He just uh, did better. better He's Hunt. always a yeah. one. Green yeah. always a one. He's, He's 25 did. years old. He's got a contract and a run for his offense. He's Cremont,
1: younger yeah. and has a contract, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm agree. All right. And, the,
0: and then the last Big one, shot. Chris Carson and 208 for 107 and 212. So really, you're getting Chris Carson for the 107 and a couple spots moving back in the second. This is an
1: offensive Taking question, it. Brad. Taking it 107. 107, 212 all day.
0: I'll okay. give you the 212, 208, and Chris. Brad,
1: are you just oh, Brad, are you stuff. just making sure that we're paying attention? Is
0: that what it yeah. was? It's rude. <laughs> right out of trade finder, <laughs> man. Yeah, no trade, know, finder's, trade
2: finders wild because you'll find someone on the other side, like a fourth and a future second, and you're like, what the hell is yep. that guy doing? It's new. Somebody else you gave up Carson to, to get to the 107.
1: You're like, oh that you know what? It really just makes you realize you need to evaluate every league you're in, who your league mates are, what type of league it is and send out trade offers because you yep. never know what you're going to get. So somebody's clear trading Chris Carson and the 208 for the 107 and 212. Good for you. Good for sending it out. You found it. And, and bravo, my friend. So um, let's break into a couple more of these uh, running backs that we've got for free agency here. Uh, Connor and Max. So James Connor, Marlon Mack, um, both injury guys uh, that are both very, very, very cheap, and I- I'm assuming what we're talking third rounder, third round rookie picks right now um, is is a is an assumed an assumed value, late second, early third. Um, I would put it there. I don't know, Berkey or Brad, if you guys have anything to say, Hoopla about that. But um, you know, how do you feel about Connor versus Mac? If you're going to marry one, if you're going to put one on the back burner for a mistress.
2: Anything with a second next to it is not getting moved for Connor and Mac. Okay, I'm not giving you the 209 if you give me Mac and the 302. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 306 pass—that's where we we'll discuss about some fancy finagling where I go from Cooper to Allen Robinson or something I like like that, some crap like that. Um, Marlon Mack, man, it's a lovejoy. He's just an RB2. He's a hell of an RB2 in in Indy, and we knew the offensive line was great. And then he tears his tears his Achilles that is a death sentence. And somehow in my heart, I still have flashes of him doing great. I just, I just want him on my team and I know I'm done for it on the flip side. James Connor is nothing but a broken heart uh, because even when he's healthy, he's not and something on his body is always banged up. And there's so many more things to worry about. So even though the upside was there because we saw him with the top five finish, uh, I guess I would marry Marlon Mack cause he's cuter. And I would let James Conner
1: go to the back burner. Okay. Yeah, you know, so I just I, I want to quote something from Marlon Mack because if nobody's life. gonna make
2: a comment about me just calling Marlon Mack cute. You're laughing.
0: I opened the door. I just opened it. No one walked uh. in. No one walked in. It's hey, fine. The last pod had to be edited, so I'm 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 staying silent right now.
1: That's fair. Oh, I just want to I want to mention Marlon Mack's quote that he had about. Uh, when he was talking about DeAndre Swift last year, possibly incoming um, to the Colts, and and how he was like, "Oh, I I wouldn't, I, I would be the backup because I can't do what he does. My hips don't do that." It's curious, Marlon Mack. Awesome, oh, that's right. It is man. Now, I feel like that's Marlon Mack, though. I feel like that is Marlon Mack. That should be Marlon Mack because he knows he can't do that anyway. He's got and he's already got the Achilles hit, so. I apologize to, uh, to carry on Johnson for taking that Detroit swing, but I just feel like Marlon Mack deserves that t- kind of tag as well. But um, Brad, go ahead and talk about a little bit of Marlon Mack and James Conner, because I'm definitely not going James Conner.
0: Yeah, see, I'm I'm going to be contrarian again. I'm going to go James Conner. I, I got a guy who has, has beat cancer, came in to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, had an extremely successful season, and was healthy so not that doesn't just go away right he did have a couple seasons where yeah he dealt with injury history mm-hmm. but it everybody always says you're only injured when or you're you only have an injury history when you don't or some stupid shit that doesn't make injured, any sense you're at you're all not.
2: holy cow yeah like you two are killing so... <laughs> me today so I, i'm gonna write your quotes and put a little i'm gonna give you some big name quotes okay Some gandhi quotes and stuff you're only injured till you're not
0: yeah, you have been with us all day. You've been entertaining family So to me, if he goes you. to a if he goes to a location where he's given the opportunity to be a bell cow back and he gets his receiving work, he's already showed you what his upside is. So so I'm going I'm going James Con because wherever Marlon Mack goes, he's the backup. Period. There there is there is he's not getting a starting gig. Um, now that doesn't mean that he can't be serviceable to your fantasy team uh, as a change of pace back or as a backup. But James Conner, I believe, can be a bell cow back if a team believes in him. Um, so I'm going to marry James Conner. And I'm going to do a little bit different of a trade situation here. So I'm going to put you in a startup draft situation. So you're at the front end. You're at, you're at the 10-0-1 you're picking. And here's the group of players that's on the, on the, uh, on the docket for you. You got Mike Williams, Chuba Hubbard, Amon Ra St. Brown, Gabe Davis, or James Conner? Who would you pick there?
2: Anyone but James Conner. Anyone but James <laughs> I Connor. don't want so his... either one of these players on my team. If I yeah. had to pick one, it's Marlon Mack. And here's the reason. James Conner's coach doesn't like him. James Conner's organization doesn't want to sign him. James Conner's been out the door for the last 13 months. Marlon Mack had raving reviews. We're going to bring people in. We're absolutely going to use him. It's a 1A. It's a 1B. They love him. They believe in him. He's a dog. He wants to win, and he blows his Achilles. So, And he only has one injury. So if he can come back, I believe he actually has a shot to be a running back in the NFL. And James Conner had his day in the sun, and he's done. So, But I'm going to take, I guess, Chubba. Or Gabe Davis.
0: So so no. Yeah. So James Conner right now is going. His ADP is the tenth round. I do want to speak Gross. real quick about the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, organization. And uh, Mike Tomlin is just he's one of the most overrated football coaches in the NFL. And I, I don't give out. a shit what his his <laughs> regard for his team is because he's a terrible football coach. So I, it doesn't matter to me that the team has him on the outs. Over the course of the last 13 months, that's irrelevant to me, right? He's uh, he's going to be on a different team, and he and whoever takes that shot on him is going to want to see what they got in him, and they're going to give him the opportunity, maybe not a full workload, but at least some level of opportunity. So, all right, um, so I'm going to skip the next question because you guys already kind of answered that—that that you're not giving up any picks for James Connor. So, uh, no. the next one you're in the you're in the middle of the 14th round again, ADP that matches. Um, would you rather have Marlon Mack or other guys that are on the board? Phillip Lindsay, or Shad Penny uh, or Jamal Williams? And you you need a running back. Jamal anybody Williams. but Mack.
2: Yeah, anybody but Jamal, Mack, Jamal Williams. I guess I'm taking Phillip. Anybody but Marlon Mack. Anybody. In a startup, yeah. I'm not taking injury-prone players at a shitty ADP. I'm going to take a shot on some Marvin Jones or some – it's a 14th round. I might even draft Phillip Rivers over him and just hope to all God that the coaching high school doesn't (laughs) work out. He has to come back to the NFL. I mean, come on, man. This is disgusting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no. No, I don't
0: want either one. Oh, man. So I think this is a big deal, right? This is showing – this is giving people insight on players that should be off of their draft board, period, in a startup. Right. And realizing that there's a little bit of a difference in a startup versus if you're already a team that's looking to move pieces to obtain one of these guys. Right. So, so it's a little bit of a different situation. I think it's valuable to, to kind of see those things.
1: Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, especially it's just, it's one of those guys that you just, you don't want to ever see on your roster. And for me that fills the the here with James Conner. Like I just, I, I, even if he's free, I don't want him. Don't, not on my team, not on my team, but Let's get to a little bit of a meteor, meatier, uh, meatier uh, running back situation that we've got a tie up between. We've got DeAndre Swift oh. and Antonio Gibson. Oh. This, this is, what is a for. juicy, juicy topic, right? This is this is awesome because we've got two second round guys, our uh, two second year guys coming in, um, and and they both made huge impacts on their team. So I want to go right to uh, Brad because you you had this in. I want to go right to you. Um, I want to hear what you've got going on between um, Swift, Gibson, if you have a definitive line between them and what that line is and where that value is.
0: It's so damn close. It is unbelievable. When I got to looking at this thinking, okay, what do, who would I rather have? Um, so there's a couple things that I'll talk about. And one is, okay, they both have some receiving upside. So who has the opportunity to see more targets than the other because they're both going to be the primary running back, right? Just so, so that that I'm going to I'm going to put to the side. So let's look at what uh, Jared Goff, the new quarterback for the Detroit Lions, uh, what he kind of did with his running backs. He doesn't throw to the running back now. I think we can question whether that's a Jared Goff thing or a Sean McVay thing, but he totaled all of last year 68 passes to the running back position. That ain't enough. That that is not enough. Whereas the Washington Redskins, now we don't know their running or their quarterback situation, but that offense targeted the running back 159 times. 159 times. That is an enormous amount of targets to the, to the running back position. But the thing you got to think about is well, okay, JD McKissick had a, over 100 targets at that position. So what's that work, workload going to look like? On the vice versa, we flip back to the uh, to the Detroit Lions. Well, okay, now there's no more Sean McVay. So let's take a look at what the new coach, what his tendencies were in his offense. And Anthony Lynn in the LA Chargers targeted the running back 153 times last year. So now we're looking at pretty similar numbers. We can make the assumption around 150 targets to the running back position. I'm going to lean DeAndre Swift, one, because I think he's the, the more talented running back. He's more experienced at the running back position. And he's, he doesn't have a J.D. McKissick that's going to be taking targets away from him. The coaching staff has already come out and talked about, we see Alvin Kamara in this kid, blah, blah, blah. We see that type of, type of workload. And if that actually happens, he is a surefire RB1. Um, so, so I'm going DeAndre Swift. here.
2: Yeah, this, is, this is tough. This is tough. We should just cut the Mac and Connor crap straight out. This is what DeAndre Swift, 5'8, 212. Right. Just he was my first running back off the board in 2018, 19, 2020 pre-draft. I wanted him so bad. Antonio Gibson, 6'2, 220. Didn't even know who the kid was. Had no idea who he was. Uh, we watched watched Washington, he alluded to it. The check down was through the roof, and he didn't even get that. He didn't even get the big lion share that didn't even really play more than half the snaps out there. Uh, and still was already 13 on the season even after missing a couple games he impressed the hell out of me just the the shit out of me uh Ron Rivera is a hell of a coach um you know my love for the, the quarterback Alex Smith whatever uh he's serviceable you can get your guys the ball whatever okay whatever um so I have a tough time with this because it's breaking down talent I'm gonna go the talent is DeAndre Swift. The game-breaking, like, Madden, statistics, size, speed, whatever, is Antonio Gibson. So, But I'm still on the Swift side. So then you go to the coaching staff, right, and the quarterback position. They're going to get a new quarterback. Running back supposed to be their best friend, uh, especially if they go with a rookie or a young guy. And if they draft a vet, you know he's going to want to get the ball in the hands of the guy just like Drew Brees did with Alvin Kamara. You just get the guy the ball two yards down the field. Or, you know, anybody did with Eckler, and they just take it to the house. So you're looking, Anthony Lynn, right, Who always has a top 10 offense he alluded to it they use the running back like it's like it's the bee's knees as they should uh and then my guy scott turner north turner's boy and christian mccaffrey is an outstanding running back these both both these guys have been alluded to be in his level one by the coach that used to coach him one just because he's awesome um well christian mccaffrey could be as great as he wants to be north turner tried to kill him Because North Turner was like, I'm going to retire. I'm (laughs) setting a record. You're getting a 1,000 and a 1,000. You're going to score more points than any running back in the history of the NFL, at least as far as fantasy. We're going to make this happen. His kid is now Antonio Gibson's uh, coordinator. And he uses uses him well. He gets him to the outside. This guy had like 33 snaps at the running back position. And we saw him go inside out. We saw him run counter. We saw him run a zone scheme. We saw him get the ball in the flat. We saw him run wheel routes. We saw him, like, he developed hellaciously well. And so I have a tough time with this because I have a love joy for each one of them. And I don't want to pick one. So I've been rambling on about all the stats. So everybody knows that at least I'm informed on my bullshit take. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. It's so tough. So you have to break yourself down. If it's a trade and I have either one, I want something on top of the other one. And that's dumb. So if I'm in a startup, who am I taking? And it is a... Antonio Swift. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, because I'm not going to get away from the process pre-draft, but there is a, a part of my heart where I know DeAndre Swift's upside is like RB5, RB6. I just don't think he falls out of 15 ever. Antonio Gibson, I don't know if he can handle a full workload, which we're all worried about, but I know his upside is number one. I know that there's a world where he can finish number one, where he can get all those targets that McKissick got, that he can clean up, that he can take a bunch of balls to the house. But they play defense out there in Washington. Even though they're in a shit division, they do play defense, which isn't going to take away his rushing, but might take away his receiving. It's just so tough because which offense is going to be good? If the Lions go three and out all the time, it doesn't matter how great anybody on their offense is. They suck. They suck. But they don't play defense do. and garbage time points count, count. So I know I'm running on your clock here, Brian. I see you typing to me. Um, I love them both. I'm going swift. I'm going swift. And I
1: don't love myself. I love it. I'm going swift. It, well, listen, you know what, though? I, I was just going to say, there, there's a big statement to be made. If if the resident berkel is going to take Antonio Gibson over DeAndre Swift, um, especially pre-draft pre-draft process, but I definitely have to appreciate what you said about I'm not going to get away from my tr- pre-draft process after one year. You know, you have to trust what you've been able to do with rookies and your evaluations and things like that. So, um, just for that reason, I'm I'm on the Swift side too. Uh, Swift has damn it. Just, now it's Gibson. Yeah, Gibson's going to score yeah, points. You just did <laughs> oh. Now, well, listen. Now you can now you've made your staple on the show. Now you can go trade uh, trade swift away for gifts and all all over the place and get yourself some plus sums. Um, but awesome. I, I wanted to uh, kind of finish this up with a little bit more of the dynasty strategy since Berkey Burke is with us as always. So um, we're talking a little bit about buying dips, like a little we were talking earlier. Um, we're we're talking acquiring value uh, throughout, but what is it used for? Um, when are you buying into the dip versus when is it a cliff? Um, studs versus duds and, and and things like that. So, Berkey, why don't you uh, kind of fill us in a little bit on about buying dips uh, versus hitting cliffs?
2: Okay, this is fun. This is my bread and butter. This is what it's all about, right? This is Dynasty. This is where we're at. Uh, When a guy's 27, 28, he's coming up on the cliff where he's, he's going to get, you're going to get way less of a return. Do you want to sell him? When a guy's 21, 22, and he has a blow up year, he's, I mean, astronomical through the roof. Somebody gives you his first round pick for the next three years, plus a player that happens all the time. So when you're acquiring value, what are you acquiring it for? Do you just want to have a hellaciously good bench and always put up 150 fantasy points and see what happens? That's fine survive all of the bye weeks and injuries uh but for me i'm just trying to turn them into a stud so this is where it gets interesting who do you want to move for what and um you know like who are you going to go get so if you're going to trade player a for this package what are you going to turn the package into right so Mm -hmm. it gets it gets sticky and it comes down to a personal preference and uh, personally i like trading those young blow-ups for a veteran around in the second contract or with three or four years guaranteed on it, that's around 2728 that I know is going to stay on my roster for the rest of his career and some picks and if I can't do that, you know I can't do that like I've been trying to trade DK for Adams and a piece for like six weeks and guy talks to me all day every day. And it's just, I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, but he's waiting for me to drop my price and he's waiting for the dip. Wilson's might be out of time. Like, screw that. This is this is what it is. Because if you mm-hmm. trade me Boyd in a first and a second, what the hell am I gonna turn that into? Because it sure shit isn't gonna be DK. So You really have to pay attention to what the package is and value is great, but all I want to do is win a ship and those studs get me there. And I know I can piece together a bench with my third and fourth round rookie drafts and my, you know, clever throw-ins and crap like that. So uh, there's a lot of names that make my list as far as buys and sells. I'll tell you, nobody on my list over the age of 28 is a sell because nobody's going to give you enough. They're just not, Mm -hmm. they're all suddenly buys. And on the flip side, nobody under the age of 24 at the wide receiver or quarterback position is is a buy because I can't afford them they can't afford them. So there's that weird middle ground. Everybody likes to call their shot. They like to have their guy. They go get T.J. Chark, Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, and they blow up. And then they like to take their victory laps. Let them have the victory laps and and kill them in values and win the league. So um,
1: did that even make sense? I get all hot and bothered. No, no. Brad, (laughs) chime in on on that because I've got a a little bit to to think about that age versus, uh, you know, age dip versus youth
0: production. I'm a little bit of the opposite, right? So I, I like to sell those guys at 20, that 27, 28 year mark, because uh, that's, they, they might already be past their absolute peak value, but you're still getting an excellent return on them, right? And I'm looking at taking my shot on the young guys who I think uh, could, uh, you know, continually increase in value, right? So if I so could move me- somebody for instance let me, let me like pop in here Brown, because I'm right that was I've my got t- go
1: I've got a guy for you guys and I feel like this is Adam Thielen like I feel like you guys both just discuss Adam Thielen on both sides like you are on the different sides of Adam Thielen so Brad like are you you're selling Adam Thielen and Berkey you are saying you can't sell Adam Thielen because you're not going to get the return rent.
0: yeah I don't know that I at this if I owned Adam Thielen which I don't in any league because I to me it's too late to you're carrying him until he retires at this point. Uh, I mean, it, you're going to try to ride him to as many championships as you can until he stops playing. Uh so I yeah, I I would not be looking to sell a 31, 32-year-old uh, wide receiver right now because you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him.
2: Bingo, and that's why I bought him 2 years ago when he was hurt and there was this huge dip and so I got him for my young bucks uh coming off a great year and then enjoy my two years of production and have my draft picks and my developmental pieces that's what the taxi squad is for now that particular instance worked out but there are plenty that don't where I go buy a guy like Devontae Parker coming off a huge year or Kenny Galladay or some crap like that and I get my one year and I'm all excited um you know I get my one huge year and then after that they just fizzle out so uh I think the name that really can I throw a name Brian yeah yeah, yeah. can I play the tick for tack Keenan Allen yeah yeah, yeah, Keenan Allen's 28 DeAndre Hopkins don't don't I don't want to talk about him I want to talk about Keenan Allen's 28 going on 29 this is it man he just got all those targets he's a security blanket for the young buck quarterback you know he's locked in he's got a really really nice contract Mike Williams is out nobody gives a damn about Guyton uh Austin Eckler can't catch them all so Keenan Allen is the classic do you sell a uh, DK and AJ Brown for Keenan Allen and two firsts or first and a second or a first and a piece that you really like some people love Chanel more of a boy guy whatever um or you do you do the flip side you take Keenan in the first and try and buy yourself an AJ Brown so I'm on the sell the youth in security because I don't think anybody's locked in for five ten years I think it's a hilarious thought and I go get my production and Keenan Allen and try and get a piece on top try and recycle that way so Brad how you feeling about Keenan?
0: I'd take AJ Brown in that. Uh, Yeah, I feel like the delta between their performance is going to be relatively negligible. Uh, You know, you got Keenan Allen and that that wide receiver 10-ish range and you've got AJ Brown in the 12 range, right? So I I don't see that as enough and you're going to have AJ Brown who's, what, 22, 23 years old for the foreseeable future, and his value is going to, assuming he doesn't get it hurt and he continues to produce and, and develop, his value is going to continue to creep up a little bit, uh, whereas Keenan Allen is already on the downside of that slope. So uh, even if I'm a contend, that's the type of move, me personally, I'm looking to try to make if I'm a contending team because not only do I want to win a championship, I want to create a dynasty. I want a team that can continue to compete. So if I can move a Keenan Allen plus for an A.J. Brown, uh, I, I, I'd be looking to try to do that for sure. Stu,
2: let me do a rapid fire. Brian, I want you in here too. Keenan Allen, oh, would you take Keenan plus or, or A.J. Brown, Brian? Keenan plus. Oh, damn. Well, oh, I still want you in here. Keenan Allen, <laughs> 110, because you're a contender, stone cold contender, just fell short in week mm-hmm. 14 or 15. Keenan Allen, 110 and your future first next year in 2022 knowing it'll be late that's your hope or aj brown 12 team super flex keenan 110 me too plus how about you yep. Bradley?
0: yeah yeah i can't be yeah i'm not giving up two first and anna stuff I, and i'm not I'm not, right? I, I'm not committed
1: i'm not committed that aj brown can be it can be a habitual top five wide receiver i'm not i i'm not under that belief so i can't sell well, keenan allen's it. never
0: that been a key. habitual top five wide receiver either though
1: well he's a top right. 12 wide receiver constantly and you have a 110 upside plus like that's just too much to give up for yeah. for for a.j brown for me yep.
2: okay how about keenan 110 and uh brian edwards we'll make it real cheap brad keenan 110 and brian edwards or a.j brown
0: i'd take a.j brown
2: there you go so that's the line how about you brian I'm still I like Brian Edwards still, you know. He's still got a shot out there. You still got a He's shot. Got I a like shot Keenan in there. the one ten. You know, I like Keenan in the one ten. Now that's the low end because the one ten could totally just flake out on you. And so could Brian Edwards, then you're screwed. So like that's just like Jalen Rager. Yeah. Oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> that is <laughs> so, brutal. I, I, uh, but he can so also cute. smash and then you and then you look great. So it could go either way. That's why we play this game. That's why we have different tanks. Go ahead, Brett.
0: So, yeah, I gotta, yeah I'm gotta. a little curious, and I want to do a little time warp here. Does that change if it's last year? You know, assuming we see A.J. Brown in the same trajectory, that 110, in my opinion, in last year's draft, is worth way more than the 110 is in this class, right? So had you asked me that last year, I'm not paying that because I like the pick at the 110. I don't like the pick at 110 after the, in this draft necessarily. I think it's just a bunch of guys. Um, so, so I think the year matters and that's where knowing the draft class, knowing what the debt, you know, trying to be ahead of the game a little bit and what those rookies look like is extremely important.
1: By your 2023 draft picks, you heard it here. <laughs> that running back class in 2023 20, is going to be something crazy. So, uh, man, I think that's it for the time we've got for today. Um, you know, what a show, awesome talk to you guys, uh, bunny and bear brad and burke um check us out guys www.ffaffair.com uh follow us on twitter uh, at fantasy affair ff uh i have been your host um you can find me myself at brian gm affair uh Berkey, where where can they find you at
2: yeah, I want to highlight your article real quick. That article is badass because it gives you a shit ton of stats and lets you make your own decision, and that's huge for me. Now, he tells you what he thinks, and he highlights it, and he shoves it down your throat, but in the bottom line, he tells you stat after stat after, <laughs> stat, after, stat, after stat after stat after stat. It allows you to create your own opinion. Maybe he's telling you this is why he's a buy, and you're reading the stats, and that's why you want to sell. So great job, Ryan. Yeah, you, you highlighted the website, at Eric burkholder 6 on Twitter.
1: Appreciate it, Eric. Brad. Brad, where can they find you at?
0: Yeah, at FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter.
1: The bourbon dude. The bourbon, the dude, bourbon dude. The bourbon dude. All right, my fantasy affairs, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and listening to us, and you will catch us later this week. Peace, boys.
0: Peace.